Parshas Tazria begins with the halachas of a woman who gives birth. A woman gives birth to a male child. So there are certain laws of Tuma and Tara. She is Tmea for seven days. So she's Tmea for seven days. Brith Mila of the baby on the eighth day. Then for 33 days she for 33 days she remains she rem- that those are called Tara. even if she sees dam during those days she does not have the regular din of uh, of anida or zava rashi says special halacha a woman normally when she sees dam at any point in her monthly cycle becomes tmea either as anida or as a zava but here, special halacha of, 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 of Yemei Tara, pretty much the only time in a woman's life if she sees Dam, she remains Tahara. 33 days after the first seven days, that's called Yemei Tara. She still actually is Tameh, Bechal Kodesh Losiga, she can't touch Kodshim, she can't go into the Mikdash, but she's Muteris Labayla, she doesn't, she doesn't become a full-blown Nida. That is the, that, those are the rules for a Zachar, for a male child. For a female child, if she if she gives birth to a daughter, then she becomes Tmea for two weeks. And also for sixty-six days, She also has the parallel din of Tara, Sixty-six days. So the for a girl child, it is twice as long as a boy child. The Yemetuma, where she's Tmea, absolutely Tmea for a boy is seven days, for a girl it's two weeks, fourteen days. And the Meitara for a boy is 33 days after the first seven days, totaling 40. For a girl child, it is 66 days after the girl totaling 80 days. Then the Pesukim continue, When she finishes her Meitara for, for boy or girl, at the end of 40 days or 80, or 80 days on the 41st or 81st day, she brings Karbanos, Tavi she brings a lamb for an Ola, Benyono star lachatas, a pigeon for a chatas, etc., etc. If she can't afford it, she can't afford a sad, then she brings two birds, shtesorim, or shnei b'nei yona, achad lalav achad lachatas. And the coin brings this as a kapara for her, v'chipr alea kohen v'tahera. So there, there are basically three halachas here. You may tumah, you may tara, and then karbanos. The, the karbanos for Yoledas, especially the, the two birds, I recently learned Masechus Kinnim with my son. So Masechus Kinnim is all about pairs of birds and various confusions that occur. The Mepharshim say that even though other people can bring Kinnim as well, we often refer to Isha who brings Kinnim because the most common example of a, of a person who brings a cane of birds is a Yoledas. Uh, a Yoledas who can't afford a Kevas brings two birds. That was apparently the, most, the, the default, the most common situation of a person bringing a cane of birds. So three Halachas, Yimei Tumah, Yimei Tara, and Karbanas. We don't practice these halachas today. The, the fact that the halachas of Tumah and Tara for the Mikdash, the Chalkodesh lo Sigev, the Mikdash lo Savo, even during the Meitara, she can't handle Kudshim and Mikdash. We, of course, we do not do, we, we don't really practice Tumah and Tara as at all. We're all considered Tumah generally. We don't eat Truma, we don't eat Kudshim. There are those who go on the Harabayas, which uh, the, the idea is that a, that a Tumas Mace is allowed to go on the Harabayas, but you have to avoid tumayotzimigufo. You have to avoid the tumos that are related to the things that emerge from the body. 
So yes, yeah, so, so people who go on to the Arabayas have to avoid being Nida or Balkari, and I guess Yoledis would be relevant as well. But aside from that fairly narrow case, we don't really practice the laws of Tuma and Tarab as manas, yeah? We, we practice the laws of Tumas Kohen, a Kohen now living with Tamilamais, but that's specific to Mace, so that, that, that's not relevant to these kinds of Tumas. So, so the laws of Tuma and Tara are not relevant as manas, yeah? The, the Yimei Tuma and Yimei, Tuma and Yimei, and Yimei Tara Labaila, that a woman is, pro, is, is prohibited and permitted to her husband, a woman is prohibited to her husband for seven days after she gives birth. We don't practice. The 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 may tuma and tara to her husband, meaning not to mikdash, but to her husband, that midina daraisa she is usher to her husband, asura to her husband for either seven or fourteen days, for a zachor and a kev respectively, and then she has special may tohar. No matter what happens, she's tar for for the next thirty three or, or sixty six days. We do practice may tuma. We, we we do say that a woman gives birth, she's asura labayla for a week. Anyway, according to medical advice, they're not going to be intimate during that period anyway, but all the other halachas they can't touch and so on for, uh, for that period of time. The meitara, the, the days that, the, for, the, for the rest of the 33 or 66 days, that even if she sees dam, minatara, she's not tamea, she can be with her husband, that we don't do, that, that, that already goes back to the time of the Rishonim, the, the, the minog is we don't do that today. We, we say the woman she's dam at any point, uh, she, she, she may not get her period back that quickly, especially if she's nursing, but if she does see dam during the, the 40 days of a zachar or, or the 80 days of a nekeva, we treat, we, we, we're, we're much more machmer than the Gemara and the laws of Nida in many ways. And we say that the whole idea of Yimei Tara, we, we, don't, we don't practice Bismanazia. If she sees dam at all, she's Tmeya. Karbanos, we certainly don't bring Bismanazia. Even those who go on the Harabayas generally don't try to bring Karbanos there. There's a, we've discussed in the past, there are actually poskim who have argued that it is possible to bring certain Karbanos on Bismanazia. But certainly the, the minog is that we don't. So very few of these halachas are really relevant. Mashiach will come and we'll practice them again. But in the meantime, these halachas are not that relevant. What I want to discuss tonight is a bit of a digression, I guess. But I want to discuss tonight the things that we do do when we have children, when we have babies. Other observances that we do that maybe in some ways are parallel to the ones in the Torah. And that, uh, we're going to focus tonight on the various parties that we have when we have a baby. We make a party, we're not going to discuss all of them, but there are about a half dozen different parties involved in uh, having children. There, a person makes a bris for a male child, there is typically a suda for the bris. There is a shalom zachar, the Friday night before the, Friday night after the birth, before the bris, shalom zachar. Some have the custom to do a vachnacht, the, 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 night, the night before the bris, they stay up, there's some food and some ritual observances. That is a vachnacht. There is a uh, simchat bat or a zevet habat, uh, some svardim or some modern people do a party for the, for the daughter, paralleling the mila. And then, of course, there's a suda pitting a ben. If it's your first son and he has a pitting a ben, which is not so common, but when, when a person has a pitting a ben, you make a party as well. So we're going to discuss tonight some of the, the significance of some of these parties, some of the, some of the Menhagim, some interesting aspects of these observances that we do, to commemorate the birth. We don't bring Karbanos, we don't practice Meituma and Tara, but we do, we do have various parties, and we'll discuss the, the background in Amrasera for some of these parties. Incidentally, what, one other custom that we do, which maybe is more closely connected to the laws in this parsha, which we're not going to get into tonight, is Berchas 
the, a person who, there are four people who bring a carbon soda or who say like Gamal. One of them is someone who recovers from an illness. And therefore, uh, many have the custom that a woman who recovers from childbirth makes Birks Gamal. Now, not everyone, not everyone agrees. Some say, so that there are two issues, two reasons why some women, why, why some women don't say, many women do not say Birks Gamal upon recovering from childbirth. One is that some argue that childbirth today is routine, it's common, it's not easy. I mean, I, as a man, I've never gone through it, but women say, women apparently will tell you it's not, uh, it's a somewhat difficult and stressful experience. But in terms of actual danger, very few women of Bismarck die from childbirth. It's quite rare. And therefore, some argue that it's just not dangerous enough to, to require goma. Another argument is that this is actually an old debate in halacha as well. The halacha is machal Shabbos for for Yoledis. When someone give, if, a, if, a, if a woman needs to get to the hospital, needs medical treatment, we will do it. We, we try to have a non-Jew do it, but but we'll we'll drive her ourselves to the hospital if need be. We do treat Yoledis as pikuach nefesh. The even as far back as eight hundred years ago, in the time of the Magen Mishnah, they already they already acknowledged that it wasn't as urgently dangerous as some other types of diseases. The Magen Mishnah says, I think, not even one in a thousand die in childbirth. It's, uh, the, the odds are low. Today the mortality rates are not zero uh, the, around the world, but they're, 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 you know, they're measurable. But the, even in the time of the Rishonim, where, where medical care wasn't anything like it is today, they recognized it wasn't that dangerous, but it was considered dangerous enough to be Mechal Shabbos for. So you can argue if it's enough to Mechal, and that we do today as well, that we're, we're still Mechal Shabbos today. You can argue that if we're Mechal Shabbos, it's, it's dangerous enough that we should say Brech Zegomel. So that's one point they debate, whether childbirth is considered a uh, dangerous enough experience to require gomel. The other issue is women and gomel. The women traditionally often don't say bricks like gomel because, basically because gomel is typically said in shul. The Gemara says gomel needs to be said among ten men. That poses a, uh, a modesty problem, a social problem to have, to have women go among the men. So there are many different customs. Some women just don't do it. Some women have the husband do it and they try to go to shul and say amen when the husband says it. Some women try to get, um, my, my wife does this, some women try to find a small, quiet minion, either, either, either at the Kiddush at their house, when, when, when Kiddush or Bris, when men are around, or even just a small, quiet minion. When my daughter was born, my wife uh, caught, I think, a minion here in Shul. She, she, she went to a small, quiet minion where she could pop her head out and say, Brooks, I Gomel. So there are different traditions about Gomel, but, and, and, and some actually relate that to the 40 days. Some actually say there was an old minog in, in Polish Jewry, that a woman would make her first appearance out of the house after recuperating 40 days after the, after the baby was born, and she would first go to the base of Knesset, I believe, and then she would, uh, that was similar to the carbon after 40 days. But we're not going to get discuss that in, 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 in much detail tonight. We're just going to focus, as I said, on the parties, on the various uh, pseudos that, that, that Klal Yisrael makes in connection with the, the birth of a child. Yes? Yeah, the, the Brit Yitzchak, right. The, the Bridge Yitzchak, right? We'll, we'll, we'll discuss again. So, some of these parties, not all. When did when, when the Friday do that? Uh, night before the birth. Night before, right. So the Bridge Yitzchak is similar to the Wachnacht of Polish Jewry, that it was a party made the night before the Bris. So we'll, we'll discuss some of these things as we go. So one of the earliest sources for all this, earliest but most ambiguous, least, least clear, is the Gemara and Bavakama. The Gemara and Bavakama says that Rav and Shmuel and Ravasi, Iklu Lubei Shavua Haben. They once made an appearance at an event called a Shavua Haben. Shin Beis Vav Ayin Haben. Shavua. Not so clear what that means. Vamrila Lebei Yeshua Haben. 
Some say it was not to a Shavua Haben, but to a Yeshua Haben. What is Shavua Haben and what is Yeshua Haben? It was some kind of party. It was some kind of event, celebratory event in connection with, uh, with, a, with, with, a, with a baby boy. What is it? What is, what is Shavua Haben and what is Yeshua Haben? Rashi says, Shavua Haben is bris mila. Shavua is from the word Sheva or a week, like Sfiris Omer, Shiva Shavuos. So a week. Brismila is on the eighth day, meaning after a full week has passed. So they, according to Rashi, they called the Brismila Shavua Haben because the baby is one week plus into his, uh, into his life. Right after one week to his life. What's Yeshua Haben? Rashi says, Mishta Shaosin Lepidin Haben. A party that was made for Pidin Haben. The, the word Yeshua, Yeshua means uh, salvation, redemption. Yeshua means uh, Hashem redeems us, you know, Gal Yisrael, Hashem redeems us. Uh, a podest of it as Nefesh Avdo, that Akash Baruch Hu is podest, he redeems us from our, from our danger. So Yeshua Ben is uh, the opinion of the Ben. So according to Rashi, Yeshua Ben is, is Brismila. And Shavuah Haben is Pidyon Haben. There was a part. Right. Right. According to Rashi, according to Rashi, there, there are no great surprises here. We're all used to the idea that we have a party for for, for, for Mila and Pidyon Haben, but Tosis brings to Rabbeinu Tam that it was a party made when the baby was born, not Bris Mila, not Pidyon Haben, a party made upon the birth of a baby. What, what, how is the word uh, Yeshua connected to, uh, to, to birth? Because the Vlad is no imo. The Vlad is, he emerges and he's released from the, from the womb. The Pasuk in Yeshaya, the Hemlita Zachar. The woman is Hemlita Zachar. She releases him, expels him. He's released from the confines of the womb. That's Yeshua. It's according to Rebbeinu Tam. It doesn't sound like he means, it doesn't sound like he means a bris. It sounds like there was a party when a baby is born, some kind of party to celebrate the birth of a baby. That is, that is Yeshua, yes. Shavua, I don't know if Rabbi Tam says what Yeshua is, but, uh, but, but, but you know, he says what Shavua is, but Yeshua, he says, is, uh, this is what he says Yeshua is. The Truma Sedeshin, several hundred years later, in the, in the 15th century, the Truma Sedeshin says that these pseudos in the Gemara, so the Gemara doesn't say anything about pseudos, mitzvah, the Gemara just relates that there was such a pseudo. But the Truma Sedashim says, Echad Me'agidolim, one of the Gedolim proved from this Gemara that whatever these parties were, they were, they were considered a Sudas Mitzvah. How do you know? What's the proof? Because Rav attended. Elsewhere, the Gemara tells us Rav would never participate in the Sudas Rishus. Rav would not go to parties. He was not a party goer. Whenever Rav attended a party, it was only if it was a Sudas Mitzvah. So here it says, Rav, Rishmuel, Ravasi, Ikul, Ben, Whatever this party was, it must have been the sort of party that Rav would attend. So it must be he was a Sudas Mitzvah. So this, this Gadol says this was a Sudas Mitzvah, and he then went one step further and said that, that today, Achshav, the Minog is, when a, when a male child is born, people enter Litom, they taste, interesting Lushan, they taste. Apparently it wasn't a full-blown party with... Uh, Several courses and washing and benching. They went in for a little snack, which is the way our shalom zakhers are done. Well, he's a cigar. He can't smoke on Shabbos, but but lele Shabbos, a samachal leida, the the Shabbos after the first Friday night after the birth, people come in and have a snack. That's a suda's mitzvah, and that is the suda for Beinu Tam. 
That is the Suda of Reina Tam. It was a Suda that commemorates the birth of the child. So today we have a lot of fancy Torah. We'll discuss some of it soon, what the significance of a Shalom Zachar is and why we call it that. But according to this God, this is what Reina Tam meant, that it's a Shavua, it, it's, a, it's a party to, to, that commemorates the birth of a child. Why do they do it on Shabbos? He gives a very pragmatic reason, not for any kind of mystic or spiritual reason. They made it on Shabbos. Why? Not because of any real connection to Shabbos. You're just trying to commemorate the birth of the child. Everyone's home. Everyone's, everyone's available on Friday night. Friday night's a good time for a party. People are not busy. They're not traveling for work. They're not, they're not, they're, they're, that uh, Friday night is a, is a good time for a party. So they made this party on Friday night. All right. The Ramah. The, 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 the Ramah talks about another party. The Ramah talks about the party. This is the Shalom Zacher. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about this soon. But the, 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 this is the Shalom Zacher. The Ramah talks about another party. The Ramah talks about a party made the night before the Brith Mila. The Ramah actually is critical of this. The Ramah says, or critical of a certain version of this, he says, There are some places that have the custom to set up a, set a table and put food on it. They set up a festive table the night before they do the bris mila. This party is Asr. It's a kind of avodazara or pagan practice. They would set up a table and devote it to, to God, to some kind of idolatrous entity. This idea of setting up a table and putting food on it uh, seems to resemble this pagan practice, and therefore it's Asr. Says the Shach, the Ramad does not mean to prohibit the Brit Yitzchak or the, or the Vachnacht. That's not what the Ramad is talking about. Says the Shach, In our countries, in Poland, in, uh, in Eastern Europe, we make a Suda the night before the Brismila. We call it a Vach, he says. He says, Einister. That's not Oster according to the, the Ramah, because the Easter that, that you're doing the pagan practice of Harcham Legad Shulchan. That's only if you set up food and you don't eat it. You just set it up and for display, just, just for show. That looks weird. Why set up a party if no one's going to eat? That just looks weird. And that seems to resemble, that's suspiciously similar to this pagan practice. So that's what the Ramah is talking about. The Ramah doesn't say they ate. The Ramah says there would be orech shulchan and put food on it. Nothing about eating. Just setting up a table and putting food. <coughs> that sounds pagan. But a suda, there's no answer. To have an actual suda like we have, the Vachnacht is an actual suda, people eat. That's not Asr. Now the Pitzchei notes that the Shach doesn't say the suda is mitzvah. Whatever this Vachnacht is, it's not Asr, he says, it's not Archim Lagad Shulchan, but the Mashmos of the Shach is not a suda's mitzvah. And the Chavas Yari brings as well, says it's not a suda's mitzvah. It's, uh, it's mutter, it's not, it's not pagan, it's mutter. But unlike, unlike uh, Shalom Zacher, which the Tumas Hadeshin said is a suda's mitzvah, the Vachnacht is according to the Pesach according to the Shach, according to the Chavas is neutral, it's religiously neutral. It's not pagan, it's not Archim Legad Shulchan, but it's also not a mitzvah. Dogomer Vava, the, the Dogomer Vava actually learns, no, he learns that this is the Suda, the Vachnacht of Eastern Europe, this is the Suda that Rebbein Tam had in mind. The, the Trumas Nation understands that Rebbein Tam was referring to what we call the Shalom Zachar, the party on Friday night, says the Dogomer Vava, that no, that the, he wants to suggest that the Suda of the Vachnacht, that that's what Rebbeinu Tam meant, that they made a Suda the night before the, night before the Mila, because according to the Trumas Adeshen, that it's just, it's just to celebrate the birth of the child, it says in Yeshaya of him, Lita Zachar, the baby came out, the baby made it out of the womb, he, he, he survived, he escaped. 
According to the Trumas Adeshen, he asked a fundamental question that everyone asks, why do we have Shalom Zachars only for Zachars? Why do we not have a Shalom Zachar for a Nekeva? We, we, we want to commemorate that as well. He also, she also escaped from the womb. So according to Benu Tam's Pshat, it's just to commemorate the birth. According to the Trumas Adeshen's understanding, it refers to the Shalom Zachar, what, why is, if, if it's just to celebrate the birth, why would we, uh, why would we do that? Says the dog of Meravava, where Beretam meant was the Vachnacht, not the Shalom Zachar. The Vachnacht is before the bris. The Vachnacht is, is, is a suda that commemorates the bris. So the, that, is, we, we talk to do it the night before the bris. And, and that's taka, that's why a boy has not a girl. A boy has a bris, a girl doesn't have a bris. So the says the dog of Meravava, the Sudas Mitzvah, the Sud, according to him, the, the, the Vachnach is, is a Sudas Mitzvah. If you follow the logic of the Truman Sedeshin, that the Sud and the Gemara is a Sudas Mitzvah, and he understands that according that Rinitam means to refer to what we call the Vachnacht. So according to him, the Vachnacht is a Sudas Mitzvah. It's, the, it's a Suda that celebrates the bris, and it's a Sudas Mitzvah. Okay. Now this question of the this question of the Shalom Zachar. This question of the this question of the Shalom Zachar, why, is it, why do we do it? Why is it called the Shalom Zachar? What, is, uh, what, is the word, what does the word Zachar mean? So the Akronim have a variety of interpretations of what the party's for and why, what the word Zachar means. So some say Zachar means male child. We don't do it for Nikeva. Some say Zachar is from the word Zechar, to, to remember. What does remember mean? Some say there's a famous Gemara Nida. The Gemara says that when a baby is in utero, a, a candle burns above his head and a malach is there and teaches him the whole Torah and when he's ready to be born the malach strikes him on the, on the, on the face and he makes him forget his Torah and so some say that it's uh, and, and before the, and the malach in, the, in, the, in utero the malach makes him swear be it tzaddik and don't be a Russian the baby swears so some say the Shalom Zachar is to remind the child Zechar to remind the child that he promised to be a tzaddik and not a Russian that would seem to apply to girls as well. They also have to be tzedkanios and not uh, and not rishos, and not, not, not 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 wicked. Some say some say that the, that the shalom zachar is is a, it's like a velos. It's to comfort him because he forgot all his Torah. Then the question is why? Then the question is does a does a zachar doesn't the keva learn Torah in utero as well? The gemara is not so clear. Do, do only boys learn Torah in utero, or do even girls learn Torah in utero? So that's a, that's a question. Even if the girls do learn, since it's not the same Talmud Torah as men, it's, 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 it's the mitzvah of Talmud Torah is primarily for men. Maybe, maybe we don't have to have a party for that. But the actual question of whether women learn Torah in utero, so there is a popular idea, which Howie was uh, pantomiming to me before, that the, the, there's a word for this, the, the little cleft in the lip. I forget the word. It has a name. It actually has a name. I don't remember. It could be. Um, so, that, so that thing in the lip, there, 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 there's, there's, there's an idea that that is caused by the blow of the malach when the malach, when the malach strikes him in the on the face. This idea has no no early source. It does not appear in the Gemara anywhere. It does not appear in any early source. It, it appears in 20th century sources. As a matter of fact, it appears in a Humphrey Bogart movie. You have to get the name of the movie. That's one of the earliest sources. I must, obviously, got it from somewhere, so it must appear in Jewish sources before that. But it has a very, 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 very dubious, very, very dubious tradition of where this actually, very, very dubious 
source of of of, of where this uh, of, of what? Oh, we get, get we get to non-Jews in a second. <laughs> Just one second. I'm just looking up what I once wrote about this. So the so the, 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 the in Jewish sources, it's it's it, 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 it's very it has, it, it, there, there's very very little. Very, very little of a real source for this idea that uh, that, that 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 mark on the face. Some point out that some point out that that non-Jews that, that non-Jews have it as well. Some point out that other mammals have it as well. Apparently, monkeys have it as well. Not only that, but they even they even apparently looked at ultrasounds of babies in utero. Here it is, of babies in utero, and they found that the and they found that the. They found that the babies apparently have it in utero, so it, it, it doesn't sound like it, it doesn't sound like it's caused by the philtrum. It's called it's called a philtrum, the P H I L T R U M. So it's a uh, it's it's if they have it in utero, it certainly doesn't sound like it's caused by the malach. So nobody really knows where nobody really knows it, uh, where 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 this nobody really knows where this comes from. Um, right in the in the 1948 uh, film noir Key Largo, Humphrey Bogart mentions it. But uh, apparently, apparently there are some earlier sources. But it's not obviously he didn't make it up. But obviously he's not the source for it. But it's it is a um, it is a it is a uh, very very early it, it, it is it is not not a very early um, not a very early source at all. But the but in general, so there is some question as to whether women learn Torah in, in the womb. They they asked they asked Rabbi Yitzchak Ratzabi, I believe it was. They asked him. They they asked Rabbi Yitzchak Ratzabi, a very distinguished contemporary Yemenite Talmud Chacham, about this. Uh, he he has a lengthy discussion of whether this philtrum is actually caused by the angels, the angels blow. Whether it's what about the presence of females? He mentions goyim. He doesn't mention non-human mammals, but he uh, he mentions the ultrasounds. So yeah, he has th- he he has he has three ideas. He has three ideas of why we have philtrums even uh, even in utero. He says maybe maybe it used to be that they learned Torah throughout the gestation until they were born, but today apparently babies don't really want to learn so much. So after a couple of days, the malach gives up. Then he says, you know, this whole thing between the philtrum and the angels blow is a myth that doesn't have any source. Then he says, according to the Rambam, the, the Rambam's derech in understanding Chazal. This whole idea is that this whole Gemara is a mushal anyway. It's not uh, not meant to be taken literally, and so on. And uh, he discusses a famous legend about a kid, a child prodigy who knew the whole Torah because the Malach forgot to strike him, and so on. Anyway, but the, so th- there are these various ideas of of the connecting the Shalom Zachar to the to the to the baby learning Torah, to the baby's Shavua, to take some actually connect us to the Shavua Haben. The Shavua Haben, we said Rashi said was the bris. Some actually suggest, I think. That this is the Shavuah Ben. It, it, it refers to the Shavuah. The Dak of Emden, I think, has the has has the idea that this refers to the Shavuah Ben, the tradition that it's uh, that that, uh, that 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 it has to do with the that 
that he says he says either 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 it's the he says he says it refers to the Torah he learned either to comfort the baby like Avelos to comfort him of forgetting the Torah or to remind him of the Torah. And that's why it's only men, not women, because women w- women are not uh, w- w- women are n- don't have a mitzvah of Talmud Torah. We do it even if the baby's not there. We do it when the baby's not there. The baby's still in the hospital. Yep, he says, or to remind him of the shvua. He says that, that that's the idea of shvua have been as well. But if it's for the shvua, he says that should apply to girls as well. They they have the shvua also. He says Bistama, she, she's she's commanded to keep Torah. So he says, yeah, but the man has more mitzvahs. The man has many more mitzvahs than the women. So maybe the shvua is more important for him. So, okay. Right, so Rebbe says a woman doesn't have a mitzvah of Talmud Torah. It's not clear whether he means she doesn't learn in utero or she does, but it's not as important, so, so she doesn't have it. Anyway, there are a variety of pshatim in what the Shalom Zachar is, but the, some say it's connected to the Shvua, some say it's connected to the, connected to the, to the learning Torah, some say it's just written in Tom's language. It, it seems to indicate it's just a celebration of baby being born. And then we have the Vachnacht, we, we have the, the, the party the night before the bris, which was apparently a celebration of the apparently a celebration of the baby being born. That's what Rabbi Tam sounds like he's saying. The the Lavush brings the custom I mentioned earlier, the custom of the husband getting an aliyah. He says that the, the father of the child, son or daughter, on the first week where the woman goes to shul, apparently it was a big deal. The first, the first time she would even leave the house even, she would go to shul to, 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 start, to start her new going out by doing something holy. So the father gets an aliyah, and he says, that aliyah is like the carbon. I mentioned we don't really practice the carbon, but the father being given an aliyah takes the place of the carbon. It's a, it's a religious act, which, which, is, which, is the, which, is the, which, which, which is in place of the carbon that they would bring that they would bring in the time of the of, of the Beis Hamikdash. Now, so, we, so we've said already in the Shalom Zachar, there seems to be a, a very invidious distinction between men and women. Men get one, women don't. Boys get one, girls don't. A bris, of course. Boys have a bris, girls don't. Today we make a kiddush for girls. Not not so clear where that comes from. But one possible source for that kiddush, one early precedent for the idea that we have to celebrate girls as well, comes from a passage in the Drisha. The Drisha says an incredible thing. A Russia wife brings this. He says that he says that the I'm sorry, this is a different Drisha. Two Drishas I have here. He says that he says they would the Minog was in his time that they would that that when there would be a procession for a chasen kala when when they would accompany the chasen when he left shul. And it was also a procession to the house of the, the baby girl. The woman wasn't leaving her house yet, but there would be a procession to her house, and they would apparently give the name in her house. They, they, today, we, today we typically do it, uh, the husband goes to shul, the husband gives the name in shul. Apparently the custom back then in Poland 400 years ago was, they actually had a procession to the house, of the, kind of like our kiddush. They, they would give the name at the kiddush. They, they would have a procession to go to the house, and they would do the Kriya shame at the house. Says the Drisha, when we have these two processions, we have one, one procession escorting the Chassim, one procession going to the house of the Yeledes to do the Kriya shame. which one is more important? He says the, he says the, 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 the Chassim gets swept along to the procession to the woman's house, because that has a... Um, because that's where we go first. We go to the Chassim afterward. That, the, the precedence is given to the Kriya shame. Why? 
because Kriyat Shem for a girl is the equivalent of the bris for the boy. And since Halacha is Mila has precedence over a chasen, the mitzvah of Mila has precedence over a chasen, because Mila has precedence over a mace, and mace has precedence over a chasen, after the chuppah itself, just the chasen, and the week after the chuppah. So Mila has precedence over a mace, and mace has precedence over a chasen, so, so Mila has precedence over a chasen. So the kriya shame for the girl is equivalent to the Mila for the boy, and it also has this high degree of precedence. It's a pelatzuma. Mila is a tremendous mitzvah. There's a chiyav karis involved. It's nichrasul shloshes rebrisos. Even if you're going to say we value gor- girls as much as boys, it's not the same as the mitzvah of Mila. But nevertheless, the, the drisha apparently understood that the, the precedence of Mila is not just because the value of the, of the, of the mitzvah of the Mila. It sounds like he understood that the, val- <coughs> the, the, the precedence of that <coughs> the precedence of that procession is because it's a way of showing hakaris atov and shvach Hashem for giving you a boy. And you have that for a girl as well. So therefore, the procession to the girl has the same precedence the drisha holds as the precedence for the for as, as a procession for the meal. Now there are some very interesting attitudes in Aramisera about the relative worth of boys and girls. The Pelayoids has a very funny and sad passage. I'm not sure whether to laugh or cry at this. He says. Pelioid says a lot of Musr. He says, I have seen a terrible custom, he says. When a person has a daughter, he says, people make all kinds of schok and letonis. He says, a person can barely find any place to hide because of the redifa, the, the, the persecution that they, that they do for him. They, they taunt him and tease him that he had the misfortune of having a girl. This is a terrible thing, he says. He says, this is a terrible, terrible thing. He says, uh, it's like Larush. It's, it's like it's like teasing a mace that he doesn't have mitzvahs. I mean, it's unfortunate, but to rub it in like that, he says, it's the he says that's Hashem's will. We don't know why Hashem does these things. He doesn't he, he doesn't even have the slightest you know thought that well, at least in the beginning he says it's the doesn't tell you that girls are also wonderful. He says I understand that it's you know, it's very unfortunate, but to rub it in to make him feel bad, he says that the if if you taunt somebody for a girl, you're 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 you're, you're starting up with a kosh baruch who decided he needs a girl. So it's, uh, you know, it's bad enough that he has the girl. Don't, uh, don't, um, don't, don't rub it in. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, the Gemara in Sanhedrin says that the Gemara in Sanhedrin discusses this question of whether it's good or bad to have girls. The Gemara says, the, discusses different types of works that you're not allowed to read because they're heretical or they're dangerous works. Non-Torah, certain non-Torah works which were considered svarim chitzonim, you're not supposed to read them. So the Gemara brings an opinion you're not allowed to read Sefer Ben Sira. Ben Sira was an ancient book, a little bit in the style of Mishlei, called Wisdom Literature, from the time of Bayesheni. And the, the Gemara has you know, mixed feelings about Ben Sira. Sometimes the Gemara quotes it, other times the Gemara says you're not allowed to read it. And so the Gemara says you're not allowed to read Ben Sira. What's wrong with Ben Sira? So the Gemara tries different suggestions. The Gemara holds up various things he says there which are bad ideas. So maybe because it says, Baslavia Matmona Shav. A, 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 a daughter for a father is a, it's a false treasure. He can't sleep at night because he's worried about her. When she's young, he worries she'll be seduced. She'll, she'll, she'll be Mizana. Bagra, maybe she won't get married. She'll be a spinster. She gets married, maybe she won't have kids. She gets old, maybe she'll engage in sorcery. So the Mars says, really? That's why you're upset up in Zira for misogyny? But the Racham also talked like that. The Racham said, 
the, the, wor- the world needs both Zacharim and Nekevas, but Asher and Mishabar have Zacharim, Oilo and Mishabar have Nekevas. Chazal also expressed misogynist views, so why are you picking on Bensira? There's, a, there's an interesting debate among recent poskim about the bracha that you make on a girl, if you make a bracha on a girl or not. So on a boy, you make Hatov Ametiv. A person has a boy, makes Hatov Ametiv. The, the general rule is when, some, when you get something that's good for you, you buy new kalim, new fruit, you make Shechianu. Something that's good for you and others, you make Hatov Ametiv. So a boy is good for you, good for the husband, it's good for the wife. A boy, you make Hatov Ametiv. On a girl, you don't make Hatov Ametiv. Do you make any bracha? So the early poskim are not clear. Mishnah Brewer says the steam selection of the poskim are mashma that you don't make any bracha. However, he says it's pashut that the first time a person sees his daughter, he makes a shachianu. He says, is it worse than seeing your friend if you have a friend who you don't see for 30 days? Some poskim debate whether this applies with manazeh, that we have electronic communication and so on. But medina de gemara, if a person has a friend, a good friend, some say that we don't know who's really a close enough friend, or Avadia talks about whether we really have friends who are this close that we, it's, it's, again, you can argue your friend is at least as valuable to you as uh, a star fruit, but uh, all right, so there's a question whether we make the Shekhyanu or not, but Medina de Gemara, a person makes a Shekhyanu if he hasn't seen a friend for 30 days. Shekhyanu is 12 months. I think Shekhyanu is 30 days, and Shekhyanu is 12 months. But 30 days is Shekhyanu, the first time you see your daughter, you have as much simcha as a friend who you didn't see for 30 days. So the Mishaburah says, it's pashut that the first time you see your daughter, you make a shechianu. Okay. The, the Archashulchan the says, You don't have as much simcha for a daughter as you have for a son. It doesn't matter if you're Mekai Imperi of Rivia or not. It doesn't matter if... Uh, doesn't matter if uh, if you personally are, are overjoyed about your son or not. This is the halach is established based on these norms. He says you don't make he, says, you don't make a, he doesn't say beferish you don't make a shachianu, but he says that the you, you don't make a bracha on a nekeva because you don't have so much simcha. The the, the we, we talked about misogyny in, 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 in the literature of Chazal. The Gemara Nida says going back to our pasha. The Gemara Nida says why why is a woman for seven days for a zachar and 14 days for a nekeva. So he says that, so, so, so the, Gemara, the Gemara Nita says that the, that the, the woman, a woman decides labor is so severe, she doesn't want another child, she makes a shvu even. So the Gemara says, but the woman has charata. After a while, she has charata. So it says for a zachar, everyone is happy and excited about a zachar, she has charata after seven days. So for him, for him, for him, the the, the share of the tumah is seven days. For a nekeva, where everyone is sad, like the Pelayoid said, like Bensira said, like Chazal said, for nekeva, everyone is sad. She has charata after after uh, after fourteen days. But getting back to the question of shechianu, the question of hatovametim and shechianu. So the the Chavetz Chaim says that you do make a shechianu on a girl. The Marame Sadev and the Tziv says you don't. He says, you could argue, even Kalim Chadashim, a new suit, a new, uh, a new, new Kalim make a Shachianu, he says. Certainly, like Meshavur, certainly you would think you make a Shachianu on, on, on a girl. It's not, it, he, say, he says, not just because it's new, because it's like a pair of pants, he says, but it's like a person buys an Evader Shifcha. You make a Shachianu on them, he says. And, and, and the Maisi Adayim of a girl to her parents, he gets her Maisi Adayim. So it has economic value to the you can debate the economics. You can debate historically whether the cost of raising the child was uh, Which the money flowing, yeah. right. Uh, overall, the cost of education, the cost of all the 
all the costs you have in raising a child, are there more money today, especially today, where kids don't work as much and they keep, they keep their own babysitting money, so is there, uh, is there really more, more value than there is cost? Anyway, but he says you could argue that you should make a Shachianu, but low Reese is also postkim. No post success, such a thing he says. So the Chavetz Chaim says it's partial that you do, but he says, Misvara, I agree for a similar reason that you might, for another reason that you might, but postkim don't say it. It's much most of the postkim is that you don't. So he says, maybe <coughs> Abbas. <coughs> we have in these various agadas, the bas is not a matana tova, the bas is dangerous, the bas makes you worry, makes you turn prematurely gray, and so on. Maybe a bas is, uh, is not such a good thing. So the Nitziv says, Mashmos of the post is no Shechianu, and therefore, and maybe the reason is because it causes uh, a lot of anxiety. The Chavetz Chaim says, says, you do make a bracha. Baruch Hashulchan says, you don't have so much simcha, so he says, you don't, you don't make at least enough ametiv, and mashma, you don't make Shechianu either. The when my daughter was born, I I really wanted to make a shachianu, but I but okay. but I knew that the halacha was not so clear, so I so I did what we do on Rosh Hashanah. I went to the H Mart and I bought a uh, Mexican guava and some Korean melon. I made the shachianu, looking soulfully into the eyes of my daughter and soulfully at my Mexican guava and my Korean melon. And for and I, I was I thought this was hilarious that. The halacha is not sure that I make a shechianu on, on a girl who I waited years to have, but I do make a shechianu on... Uh, the truth is, my, my guava wasn't very good. I think it wasn't very ripe. It was out of season. But uh, anyway, I have much more uh, joy for my daughter, but halacha sometimes has interesting rules in this area. And potentially fulfilling the mitzvah pru Mitzvah pru yes. Fulfilling the mitzvah pru right. It sounds like you're not Because because you care so much, it causes a lot of anxiety. Because your worries, and it's not okay. Whatever, he's, he's gone. He's out of my out of picture. He takes it. But I'm gonna die. I'm gonna. <laughs> He's saying that <laughs> sometimes when something's really precious to you, you, you worry about it more. Not because yeah. not because not because so it's not beloved to you, but yeah, it, like it's, a, it's an interesting point. Postkim say it, it's in the, the, that might give another dimension of understanding to another ruling of the postkim. Postkim debate whether you make a shachianu on a when you purchase a house or a car. Some say, how could you not? It says kalim chadashim. What what could be a greater kli chadash than a house or a car? Some postkim say that, that if you finance it, if you take out a mortgage or a car loan. Then you don't make shachianu either either because it's not yours because we look at it the bank still has equity in it, or because I think they say I, have, I saw this many years ago. But I think some posts can say because the anxiety and the worry about having the burden of a mortgage takes away from your joy. So again, it's not because I don't want the house. If I didn't want it, I wouldn't have bought it. The house is good for me, but it also causes anxiety. It also means I have uh, a monthly payment that I can't miss now, and it's, and it's uh, all right. Yesh lion, but the the Ezer mentions in its and he says that his argument that Chazal said uh, daughters cause anxiety is not convincing. He himself only says ulai. We don't derive halacha from agadita. He says. He says the. Also, we have Basher Hushami says the the rule is right now she's a joy. She's a she's a she's a sweet and lovable baby. You worry what, when she grows up. You're gonna have she's gonna make you turn gray. He says says that the halacha is like the Mishnah you should make a shachianu when a when a, when a daughter is born. All right. The 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 minog of the vachnach going just jumping around going back to the vachnach a little bit. The minog of the vachnach that we have a party the night before the bris. So we mentioned that appears in the acronym of the the early acronym of the, the Polish acronym. It actually goes back to the rishon. The Vitri by a Talmud of Rashi. 
Machzor Vitri says, Minogavasenu Torahi, Viyochez Bad Tzadik Darko, Armin Hagim are Torah, a person should hold fast to Minhagim, or Shmini, the night before the eighth day, Balbrith makes a Sudo, Mishta, Lachlor HaMitzvah. It was a, it's a form of covered for the Mitzvah. He says, and after the Kiyom Hamila, you have a party also on Yom Tov. He brings Sukkim of Ramavinu, Yom Higamal as Yitzchak. Higamal Kipshuto means when he weans him, when he finished the. But he says, Yikindashinit Higamel, Hagmal, Hey Gimel means the eight is Gematria eight. The eighth day of the day of the Mila, he made a. Uh, he made, he made, he made a Sudas Mitzvah. Any, so in any event, the, 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 the Brith Mila is definitely a Sudas Mitzvah. The Vachnacht is a kind of uh, advanced Sudas Mitzvah. The Shalom Zacher is somewhat more mysterious. On the simplest level, it's just a celebration of the child. Some say it's, uh, it, it comforts the, the boy for the terror that he lost when the Malach struck him. Some say it's to remind him of the Shvua. And the uh, question is why a girl doesn't have it. We have, we have to work out, according to all these reasons, why, uh, why girls don't have it. But the Svardik Brit Yitzchak is very similar to the Vachnacht. It's a suda the night before the, the night before the, the the Mila. It may have some of these things. Some of these things have acquired elements of Kabbalistic significance. It provides a shmira. A lot of people have, are, are very are very uh, are very interested in it because it's supposed to provide mystic shmira for the baby. But the early version, the version of the Rishonim, was just that it was celebration of the Mila. Later, I think it evolved and took on a character of providing special protection. We face special prayers for the baby. Kids come and say Tvilas and Torah and stuff. But this, is, this, is, this was a more modern addition, but the early version seems to have been, seems to have been just a suda for the... For, just a suda to, uh, to, in, to, in honor of the Mila. Uh, there are certain statements in Chazal that, and later sources that girls weren't as beloved as boys. Some say that's why you don't make Shachianu. On the other hand, these are Agadita and some major poskim. On the one hand, it's uh, Shechiano is not mentioned in any of the earlier poskim, but some poskim, like the Mishnabura and the Tzitzeliezer, say that you do make a Shechiano on the birth of a girl. You don't make a Tavamete, but you do make a Shechiano on the birth of a girl.